And welcome, everybody, to the Down and Away podcast. My name is Fernando Mendez. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on this uh, wonderful what is to us a Wednesday evening. Uh, whenever this decides to come out, who knows what day of the week it'll be for you, but hopefully a Wednesday, I guess now. Um, I'm joined here by our two great co-hosts. Uh, let's start off with Andrew Ciccarelli. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. I know you said it's Wednesday, but I'm still operating under the pretense as a Tuesday, so I'm going to act accordingly. <laughs> what does that entail? It's just, it's just like all day. Like I know everyone said it was a Wednesday, but like mentally, maybe it's because I'm still in like lockdown mode. It's like time is like passing weird, so it just felt like a Tuesday. But I, you know, I'm glad Wednesday. It's like halfway to the weekend. Or maybe you just want to work on Saturdays, what you're trying to tell your boss if he's listening. Yeah, I, if my boss, if you're listening, no. <laughs> I, would, I would not like that. <laughs> That's fair. If your boss is listening, I hope he hasn't listened to the last two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Bad things. Yeah, sorry, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and we are also joined here by Ian Rickles. Ian, how you doing this evening? Hey. Pretty good, man. Uh, just got done golfing today. It was a good experience. Nice to get out in the world. Oh, okay. I haven't gone. I mean, I haven't gone. I've never gone formally golfing. I used to go to the driving range with my father all the time, and that was always a good time. Did you go uh, golfing proper, or did you just go hit the ball? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I since the quarantine, I started walking, so I don't have a cart. And it's good, you know, good to get, get some exercise. Uh, today it was, like, really hot and really humid. And so I walked about 14 holes and then quit. I left. I couldn't finish the run. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. How, how long have you been golfing? Uh, I golfed a lot when I lived in California. Um, since I moved out to the East Coast, I haven't a whole lot, but it's kind of the best time to get back into it. So started back up again this, this month, basically. Yeah, I mean, I guess in all fairness, uh, we really have nothing to look forward to. Aside from <laughs> I mean, I was literally texting you boys, informing you guys about my five-star dinner at Red Lobster. True. And it's not because Red Lobster is, you know, cream of the crop food. It's because, oh my gosh, I'm at a restaurant again. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I mean, I did see it on the Michelin list, so maybe it is. <laughs> they just got three stars, French Review, totally legit. That's fair. I mean, this is... <laughs> The best food in town. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I guess right. Like with everything being shut down, it's like kind of hard to like really determine like which restaurants are going to be open, which ones aren't, who's doing take in, who's doing sit in. Was it? Yeah, did, yeah. They let you sit in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. That's surprising, I mean, actually. Is that not normal in Arizona right now? No, I mean, it, it depends on where you go. Like we, we have like. Our state's, like, pretty divided, so, like, not to get political, but, like, to understand, oh, yeah. like, how, how Arizona works is that you have, like, for whatever reason, people kind of congregate into, like, different zones based on, like, their political beliefs. So you got, I mean, you got, like, Scottsdale, which is, like, you know, heavily conservative, upper middle class, upper class. Yeah, then you got, like, you, got, you have, like, Phoenix, which would be, like, middle income to lower income, which tends to be, like, very liberal. And then you have Tempe, which is like, you know, as the college town, as ASU. Uh, it's a lot more liberal than the rest of the state, but you also have a huge conservative group. So there's a lot of infighting going on there. So like depending on like which part of the city you go to, like if you go to Phoenix, there's a lot of restaurants that are doing like takeout only. If you're going to Scottsdale, they're like, everyone come on in. Don't worry about it. Virus is a hoax. Uh, so, I mean, 
it's kind of interesting. So like, you could you could drive from like Phoenix to Scotia, which is right next to each other, and yeah, from, literally like, neighboring cities. Yeah, you go from like no restaurants being open to sit in to five star restaurants serving hundred dollar steaks. Come sit down, no one's here. You know, type of experience. It's just, it's it's just a really really weird time. I mean, you know, I it's hard to really decide, at least for me personally, what's safe, what's kind of borderline crazy. Where are we taking it too far? Um, I'm kind of under the belief that things should be open with proper social distancing measures. That's where I am. But I mean, you know, I don't want to get too political on it. If you don't believe in the coronavirus, that's that's you know, I, that's great. I guess you're entitled to believe what you want. But are we though? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, your funeral. I mean, uh, not my life. What? You guys don't right. want to see that gif in real life of like the men holding the coffin and dancing? Everyone's entitled to an opinion, but not everyone's entitled to having a right opinion. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I, I'm in full belief that the coronavirus is a real thing. I mean, I don't see how uh, how it can be. So, I know. I mean, they just had a scare at my friend's work. Someone got came down with coronavirus and hit their symptoms and was going around the entire office, so now everyone has to get tested. They're working from home. So yeah, um, for my school, if if I want to go back in the fall, we everybody has to get tested. And then all the classes, if a class has like more than thirty people, and it's all going to be online. So pretty crazy time. So that's most college classes. Uh, yeah, it kind of depends on what your majors, what you're studying, but yeah, my, my major. I don't think my major ever had more than fifteen people. I mean, we had some lectures that were large, but like. My major was like highly specialized. We had like 15 people in our classes. Mm. I think our, my entire major had like 60 people. Now for ASU, it's like incredibly small. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a very, very minimal major. I mean, in all fairness, I mean, but, well, I mean, I'm trying to think like which majors probably have the most people. Maybe like a liberal studies. Yeah, or psych- I say very... psychology, probably. <laughs> psychology. Yeah, all, all my friends, Business computer is. science lectures have about 200 people in them. Yeah, that would be high. I did, I did a biotech, so it was like... Okay, yeah, very specialist. Um, well, I guess we should talk about what we're going to bring up on today's show at some point. <laughs> yeah. um, for starters, uh, getting the you know all the laundry out of the way, uh, follow us on all of our social media outlets, Instagram, Facebook, on the Down Out of Way podcast. Uh, go ahead and leave us a review on uh, iTunes. If you have not done so already, we have a couple of reviews they're all five stars, which is great, but people don't write anything, so that's also kind of like you know counterproductive. I mean, I I want to know what we're doing right, and I want to know especially what we're doing wrong, because if we're doing something wrong, we want to go ahead and correct the uh, the situation. If we have to put Ian in a gorilla suit, we'll figure out a way to make it work. I know you can't see the podcast, but you'll just know. I have a webcam. A yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why it won't be humiliating. I mean, I'll wear whatever. I'll wear a pink tutu if I have to. I mean, nobody's going to see it. So, My girlfriend might be a little freaked out if she walks in the room. But if we record... Hey, anything for views. Yeah, right? Anything anything for content yeah. is what we've learned in today's time. But, um, yeah, so that's just all the boring laundry list stuff. Um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what we're going to do today. Uh, me and the boys will be covering... Uh, well, for starters, the biggest news right now uh, is that baseball is back. We'll talk about what the projected changes are uh, and what, you know, well, I guess also some predictions as well. I'm sure we'll probably accidentally get into those. Um, 
We're going to talk about the Angel Stadium situation uh, and what's been going on with that, the never-ending saga. We'll talk a little bit about Albert Pujols and what he's doing for Angel staff in the Dominican Republic, who has been forlowed. And the last but not least, we're just going to go ahead and briefly review who each team drafted. We're not going to go too deep today into that. We're going to say that for a future episode that's going to come up pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to cover today. Anybody have anything to add? No, I don't think so. Definitely excited that baseball's coming back. Hey, you hit all my notes pretty perfectly, so nothing to add. Okay, okay. Yeah, you got to stop uh, taking my notes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't You shouldn't be sharing your notes on the airdrop, even well, though we're, I, not, we're in completely different states, but whatever. If I knew I was sharing my notes, I mean, if I knew you could just read them, like, directly. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, right. What did you say on them, Tia? Yeah. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and dive into the first topic. Uh, the words that I think we've all been just desperately waiting to say baseball is back, baby. I mean, I how great is it to be able to sit here and say baseball is back? I mean, last week we uploaded an episode where we all called, well, I mean, well, I called Artie Moreno a man baby and uh, Rob Manfred a man baby, and everyone kind of chuckled and kind of agreed that the owners weren't exactly handling the situation correct, but I mean guys, it's it's happening. And we built it into existence. It was all it was all because of us. Yeah, we did well, yes. Well. Speaking of <laughs> Yeah, right? The secret. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess that's a pretty uh, dated joke. <laughs> what? Speaking that's like that's, that'll be like the, the secret. That's like an Oprah two thousand eight joke right there. Oh gosh, I'd, I'd be... flew right over my head. Yeah, yeah same I guess that's a joke you get if you're like 29 or older, I guess. <laughs> I guess that explains it. It's funny, guys. You'd understand if you're my age. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say something about a midlife crisis, but you're only 29, so you can't possibly be going through a midlife crisis. I got, I got my third life crisis. I already passed my quarter life crisis, so I'm looking forward to the next crisis. Yeah, I just realized... Um, 25 so i should be going I'm, I'm in my quarter life crisis right now hey you should start taking some notes making a plan for how you're going to deal with it <laughs> i mean the sad part is like i can almost guarantee that none of us are going to live to 100 so <laughs> i don't even know what hey, you never know what kind of crazy medicine is going to go on yeah with 20 the, years you know? with the future yeah, advanced technology yeah. <laughs> yeah but you also never know what crazy virus is going to come on that's, that's true I, I for one fully expect to live to 150 so yeah yeah, all you have to do is uh, drink your own pee and only eat asparagus. Hey, it's sterile, right? <laughs> kind of That's how you get also. healthy, my boy. Kind of in some supplements. Uh, <laughs> join my multi-level marketing scheme. Yeah. <laughs> right? I have a product called Herbalife and or Kayani, which are two different companies, but whatever. I'm trying to get to diamond level, guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get the BMW. <laughs> I'm trying to get need, the premiere. I only need to trick 400 more friends in buying this stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> Darn it, I ran out of friends. I guess <laughs> I gotta start just randomly messaging people. Hi, you! Yeah, why, why is everyone unfriending me? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd I go from 500 Facebook friends to three? My mom, <laughs> you mom, you unfriended me? Yeah, she's like, I don't, I'm not buying this shit. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I don't Tastes want like chalk. <laughs> 
your dad's like, no, it uh, it affects parts of my body. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I take these supplements. Yeah. I think we're getting far too sidetracked. Yeah. We're gonna save that for the down and away marketing podcast. Okay, that joke that joke borderline is on PG thirteen. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, we're gonna have to make a. Uh, we're gonna have to make this show for adult listeners only. <laughs> <laughs> I think after the last like three episodes. Yeah, I don't know. I think kids these days are exposed enough to the internet, or I'm sure they've heard much worse. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Right. I think Anybody they... watches Logan or Jake Paul? I think we're pissing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that guy made news here. <laughs> Got arrested. Yeah, right. Did he? Yeah. Uh, was it? Was it Jake? Went to like the Scottsdale Mall or one of them yeah. and like yeah. was recording looting as it was happening. <laughs> yeah, had people come up and give him stuff. Yeah, yeah. Somebody gave like a bottle of Grey Goose or something. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Oh, well, somebody just handed me the bottle. I didn't know what it was. Uh, they told me it was milk for my eyes." Oh, yeah. I, I listened. I listened like a five-minute interview that he did, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, just not, just stop, dude, just stop." <laughs> Grey Goose is the uh, red ro- or red lobster of vodka. I'm just gonna say it right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's messed up. But Red <laughs> Lobster has at least like top-notch bread. So what's the top-notch part about Grey Goose? There has to at least be one thing. Can it. anything be top-notch if it's free? Like, <laughs> like if it if you had to pay two bucks, would you like it goes top-notch? Love is free. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a very happy relationship, and uh, and uh, the love seems to be fairly free. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I mean, I guess emotionally it comes at a cost, but I mean, you know, nothing crazy. <laughs> Nothing crazy that any person in a relationship doesn't have to deal with. Nothing complacent. Right. Gotta pay your emotional rent. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Um, I think we've gotten a little, we've gotten far too off topic. So let's yeah. go ahead and bring it back a little bit. Uh, we lost Ian there. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> I could hear your mechanical keyboard just tapping away. <laughs> yeah, through the power of editing, we can yeah. make anything happen. That's yes. true. That's true. How to who delivers red lobster to my house? Yeah, if you get unlimited like bread from red lobster, like will they just keep delivering it? Like, how does that work? <laughs> I didn't get what I was promised. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta you gotta know all the bread ahead of time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and dive into the big news. So baseball is back. Uh, but uh, baseball is certainly going to look way different this year than it has in years past. Um, who wants to go ahead and talk? I think, he, uh, Andrew, you have it booted up, correct? I do, yes. Okay, so you want to just go ahead and maybe uh, give a couple things, and if either uh, Ian and I want to interject and add something or comment on something or if we want to discuss something farther, we'll just, you know, interrupt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's like – there's a bunch of new rules in place. I mean, as everyone knows by now, there's the seasons could be 60 games over a 66-day period. And there's about like 50 to 60 changes. I'm not going to get into every single one, you know, because it's East Coast over by Ian, and I don't want to keep them up until 6 a.m. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll just talk about the major ones. We, we can get everything I mentioned, and we'll talk about the big points. Yeah, so I, I think, like, the big, point, so I, uh, the big points on the season rules – we go over each of these uh, individually because there's about ten of them. So, as I said, the, the seasons could be sixty games. It's going to start on July 23rd or 24th. 
Uh, the teams are going to play entirely against like their own division or their own like interleague division. So how it's going to work is that each team is going to play 10 games against the other four teams in this division, uh, consisting of two or three game series. And then the remaining 20 games are going to be interleague against their division counterparts in the opposite league. So, so like the Angels would be playing the Dodgers. Yeah, or like the Dodgers and the Astros. Right. Yeah, so uh, the National League is going to be using the designated hitter this year. So that will be the first season making history. The three-batter rule for relief pitchers, that's still in effect. Uh, big change for extra innings. Uh, teams will now begin extra innings with a runner on second base. Uh, games that are stopped due to rain before the fifth inning, instead of them just being washed out and started over, they're going to resume play uh, from that inning. So if a game gets rained out in the third inning, it'll start the third inning on a later date. Um, the postseason format, a lot of talk about the ex- expanded postseason, not this year. It's going to be the same postseason format this year. So we're going to have the same two wild cards, the same one-game playoff. Uh, people seem pretty happy with that. That's big news. I think that was a pretty big concession from the owners. They could have forced the expanded playoffs. Do you guys think that they should have stuck around with the expanded playoffs for the simple fact of, you know, revenue? I think as a Padre fan, I'm pretty biased. <laughs> so, um, you wanted to get yeah, I think as a Dodger fan, I'm also pretty biased. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would much rather see normal playoffs than expanded playoffs, but I have no idea how much extra revenue they would bring in. So I don't think that should be anything that we as normal fans should be worried about, though, to be honest. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Now, um, Real quick, just while we're, I don't I don't want to get too much on this because we're obviously still discussing, but while we're talking about uh, potential things that have been considered to you know make up revenue, have you guys heard that MLB has been considering allowing advertisement space on jerseys? Yeah, I have. Yeah. That's, so that's similar to the NBA, for anybody who you know kind of does is staring you know at their radio or just got in a car accident because they're like, what the heck did he just say? Uh, we, we hope nobody got in a car accident. That was just a really bad and untasteful joke. So, but, um, yes, um, oh, they're thinking about putting advertisement space on the opposite side of the Nike logo, which is essentially also advertisement space. Yeah. Yeah, if Rubbermaid trash cans doesn't get advertising on the Astros, I'm going to be very disappointed. Dude, I was I saw a whole Reddit, uh, a Reddit thread on, like, who should sponsor what teams? Uh, the Padres, they said that their sponsor should be PetSmart because yeah. Petco sponsors. <laughs> I saw that. That would be, be hilarious. Like, uh, Majestic should sponsor the Indians, it said. Indiana <laughs> Cent Store should sponsor the Marlins. The what store? The 99 Cent Store. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Together, the logo fits. I like the pure Dollar Tree, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dollar Tree would be the, great. <laughs> uh, Walgreens. Walgreens should sponsor the Nationals. The Angels should be Disney. Uh, That's too I easy. I, you can come up with a better one than, than Disney for the Angels. All right, Cedar Fair. <laughs> Have a little Snoopy on it. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> like the anti-Disney. Uh, but yeah, uh, um, Go ahead and continue. All right. Uh, yes. So continuing on from the advertising and the PetSmart diss on the Padres, let's start <laughs> off with the Ross rules. <laughs> so uh, 
rosters are going to be a little different. The season is going to start with 30 players on a roster. After two weeks, it's going to reduce down to 28, and then it's going to stay at 26 for the rest of the season. So we got a little bit of a survivor type situation there. They shouldn't just have all the players like vote off the players at least, like, you know. <laughs> that sounds like great reality television. I would love that. Now, you know how much revenue they bring if they like videoed that, put it on like Twitch or something? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, They'd have instead... to do it via social distancing, though. Yeah, they would. <laughs> <laughs> just like everyone's six. I mean, how, like six feet apart, 60 players. You can fit that all in the stadium. You just have the torches all around, like the outfield line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to be so interesting to see how they could implement social distancing. I mean, I've heard the bullpen situation. They're going to have to, like, sit in the stands or whatever and the dugout, the same basic thing. It'll be really funny just watching a game from the center field camera angle and just seeing all the relievers sitting behind home play like the Little League game. That I'm very much <laughs> Like it's a backyard good. baseball? It's going to look like a normal, normal like, Marlins game. To be honest, <laughs> like, we, we've been prepped for this our entire lives. Normal Tampa <laughs> Bay Rays game. Yeah. I wonder it's if Marlins and Man will be able to find seats for games. Try to pay a cool $100,000 to get seats to the World Series. Right. Marlins, man, he'll, Marlins yeah. man will be there. He'll find a way. He'll let him in. He might even make the roster. I heard they don't have a lot of... Uh... <laughs> well, dude, that might be the funniest thing you've ever seen on the show. <laughs> so he'll uh, be the race. <laughs> yeah, right. He's gonna he's gonna be the the utility guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So instead of the forty man roster, they're gonna have uh, sixty players overall. Players not on active rosters will exist as a taxi squad, with three players from that group able to travel uh, with the teams to the games. One of those three players must be a catcher. You think uh, Uber's gonna sponsor that? The taxi squad. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just going to be NASCAR now. Like, everything that can be advertised will. Oh, yeah. It'll be like going to Six Flags. Right? But they're still not going to let you wear, like, colored sneakers. You know, like spikes. (laughs) Yeah, never. Yeah. Uh, Trade deadline is now going to be August 31st with the active roster deadline for playoff eligibility set after September 15th. So that gives players, teams, like, what, like, nine days to figure out the roster for the postseason? Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a COVID-19 injured list with no minimum or maximum length of time spent on the IL. Uh, injury list stints will remain at 10 days, while the 60-day D, uh, DL, or IL now, will be 45 days. You think the Dodgers are going to like have like pitchers that go on the COVID list like 10 times? It <laughs> like... sounds like something they would try to find a workaround for. I, I Hopefully, they'll be a little too, a little bit, have too much morals for that, but you never know, I guess. Right. I mean, baseball is one of the only sports that has a phantom DL that people are very open about. Like, Matt Antonelli was our first guest on the Potter's Mission podcast when we were still that. And that was something he talked about, him going on the phantom DL. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you think about it. I mean, we're going to see Kershaw go on the COVID-19 list at least three times. I'm calling it right now. He went Maybe. to Red Lobster. He went to Red Lobster. The waiter had it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, then we're going to get to the player rules. No bat boys. Um, hitters have to bring their equipment to the plate. So, like, pine tar rags, donuts, stuff like that. Uh, Francisco brought up that pitchers are going to be able to bring their own, like, wet rag, right? Uh, Francisco? Oh, my God. No, my buddy's name is Francisco. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I was quite – I know. I'm we sorry. To become friends. We were. No, I was just talking to him earlier. <laughs> Fernando, I'm so sorry. 
I cannot believe I just said that. I, I was just making, I was just, I was just trying to tease you. You're good. I got called Francisco almost my entire life growing up, so it's yeah, literally was, nothing new. If I wasn't just talking to him like right before our call right now, uh, oh, I guess that justifies it. Were you guys at Red Lobster together? Oh, totally. Oh, good, good. It One was of the best. Three, so. <laughs> um, yeah. So no more spitting tobacco uh, or sunflower seeds or anything that you can spit. It could be spit, no more. Uh, chewing gum is okay, but you can't stick it under the seat. It's specified. <laughs> that that is one I'm sure people will find a workaround. I <laughs> I guarantee you there will be a lot of chewing tobacco. Oh, so, I'm sure. A lot There's of no way they're going to be able to keep it under control. What I want to know is, will there be fines? I mean, there, there has to be some sort of enforcement for it. Because if there isn't, then, you know, there What's will the be seeds in every dugout, right? Yeah, yeah it, it's going to be really difficult, you know. So, I, 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 let's go ahead and maybe start unpacking some of the, uh, the, the key things you brought up there. Let's start off with uh, the, the biggest thing, I believe, is the uh, runner on second base to start extra innings. Uh, I haven't gotten to see this in person yet at a minor league game. A lot, some people may know that that started last season in the minors. And so I never actually got to see it unfold. But, I mean, it just sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like it. I like no, it? I do only, I mean, in the context of the season, right? Yeah, so, I mean, we're kind I, of in a situation. But go ahead. But, because, I mean, one of my favorite things about football at least in college football, is I, I like how I, I think that when you're getting closer to the end of the game, it should be like a movie where you're rap, ramping up the climax. So one, one of my bigger concerns about like the runner second base was like stat wise, which is you know kind of like wonky. Which would be that it, would the pitcher be attributed an earned run if they let that runner score? Which they're, they're not. Baseball's already clarified. So I think that like getting to extra innings, it should be ramping up the excitement and not necessarily about ending the game sooner. But starting off with a runner on second, it's kind of like in football when they like put the ball on the 35-yard line in college football. Like close enough for a field goal, it like it, it gets people hyped. Like you know that there's an opportunity to score at any time. And I like okay, that experience. But here's the situation. I mean, you know, with that, I mean, so you got to run on second base. You got no outs. I mean, it's almost hard to imagine a team not scoring. I mean, unless they just have super stellar pitching. I mean, you just bunt. The guy over to third base, that's probably going to happen, you know, for every team's going to do that. And then what? I mean, you know, a pop-up scores him. Yeah, I mean, so the, the odds of a runner scoring on a second. Oh, sorry, Ian, I got you off. Yeah, no, no reason. So I the think, odds. Oh, okay. You, you, <laughs> no, I'm cutting you off again. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. The, the comparison to college football is really good because, you know, in college football, they're going to score almost every time. But I think that really it puts so much pressure on the defense. And I, I I like that it kind of changes. It, it's kind of like a it changes who the shoes on the other foot, right? Like usually pressure's on the offense and yeah. to make plays. But with the runner on second, it, it really emphasizes like really good pitching, and I, I kind of like that. I don't like the idea overall, but I, I do like the concept of it. I mean, you know, maybe it's just one of those things that I can't knock until I see it. And I'm sure when it's happening, I'm going to be on the edge of my uh, couch or bed, <laughs> wherever I'm going to be watching the game. It's going to be between those. 
I would say see, but we're, we won't be at any stadiums this year. That's another thing. Uh, fans at the current moment are not projected to uh, be able to attend any games. Uh, owners are leaving the door open for that to possibly happen near the end of the season. Um, but, you know, by the time baseball comes to an end and the playoffs really start, um, I mean, that's kind of when the next wave is really supposed to start with flu season. So, Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it'll be nice. You can be sitting on the edge of your couch, right? And uh, I guess so th- I prefer going to games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. So yeah, I just got my refund in the mail like two days, or not in the mail, in my bank account like two days ago. And I'm not gonna lie, I was actually really sad. That was kind of like when I knew, like, all right, this isn't happening. Right. Yeah, that, that comes really real right there. But I mean, it's a nice little uh, pouch of money to get back. You know, I guess if it's not gonna happen. I guess my girlfriend decided to put it up for Christmas. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so my, my my friend has hockey season tickets, and he's still fighting to get his refund from the Yotes. They haven't given him. No, a no, he's in he's in Colorado, so it's Avalanche. Oh, okay, that's, that's but funny. uh, but uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I but the, I mean, so the odds of squaring, like Columbian Review did a uh, statistical analysis of like if you have a runner on second with no outs, where the odds that that runner's going to score. And it's 42%. So it's a little under 50-50. Okay. So, so I, I, I think that's like the perfect balance where it's still more likely not to happen. And you're going to have your best pitcher out there, you know, like for that one inning shutdown. So it's probably going to be less than a 42% score rate in the majors. Because you're, you, it's, it's going to be interesting, right? Because you're going to be saving that shutdown pitcher in case you get to extra innings. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, different manager transitions, like how teams are setting up for it, types of different defensive substitutions, the types of shifts that we're going to have. I'm really excited. I've heard that also in a spring training, you know, talking about defensive substitutions, I've heard that during the spring training model, you're allowed to bring players who have already played back in the game. I think so. Yeah, I heard that somewhere. They specified here that it's going to – so – the runner on second is going to be the guy who made the last out in the last inning. Yes. And then you could do a substituted pitch runner, which will be someone that's still in your reserve. Yes. Now, what I want to know is, um, let's just say you're a guy like Billy Hamilton. Now, I, I heard this on the uh, Locked On Angels podcast, so I kind of want to bring it up to you guys and see if that's something you guys can physically see happening. So let's just say a guy like Billy Hamilton, it's the uh, bottom of the ninth inning. Um, or I guess the top of the ninth inning, and let's just say it's the, uh, you know, obviously he's on the away team. There's two outs. Billy, and there's nobody on base. Billy Hamilton's probably not going to hit a home run to set you on top. So in that situation, would a guy like Billy Hamilton, who's obviously one of the fastest guys in the league, strike out on purpose? So next inning, he's automatically on second base. Can you guys ever see a situation where that happens? Or a guy like D. Gordon's going to strike out on purpose, knowing darn right he's probably not going to hit a home run and set his team over. That way, the next inning, he starts off on second base for you know somebody who's a little more of a power hitter to drive him in. That is really interesting. I don't know. Somebody who's somebody's going to run the numbers on it. I'm sure. I yeah. I would say the odds. I mean, you you cannot pinch run for the guy right on second. Or is it? Uh, you can say you can for a reserve. Oh, but you have to okay. Reserve. All right. In that case, I don't think they're. I don't know. If you have somebody that can run on the bench, I don't think it'll be something that's too concerned. 
two people are too concerned with but yeah because i because your odds are still like even like billy hamilton right probably got like a 250 batting average so yeah he, odd... could, he could hit a bloop single and steal second then get driven in yeah so i think he did yeah, chance I suppose, to... but i mean that's not that's you know if he's just hitting a bloop single that's not what's going to set your team on top in the top of the ninth inning with two outs i, I feel like and nobody on I get what you're saying. I think with the Moneyball Revolution, the idea is to never give away an out. Right, yeah. Because you maximize your run potential. Yeah, but it's so, funny because I think that if there's any team who would probably consider that option and run the numbers on it, I think it might be the Athletics. They yeah, well, would probably look at that 41% and be like, well, is that better than the percentage he has right now to have an impact that bat? Yeah, and I wonder like what the rate is for someone like Billy Hamilton versus someone like, let's say, Yadier Molina scoring for second. Oh, it's massive. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it decreases. Do you, I you mean, think? A, I but think I, it probably decreases from like 42% to, you know, maybe like 38%. I, yeah. I think as long as there are still bench spots available if the pinch run, I really don't think it's going to be something that teams are super concerned with. I mean, if, if their team's bench is empty, then maybe it's something they, they consider. But I, I think it is probably more worth it to just continue trying on the current inning you have than concern yourself with the next inning. Especially if yeah. it's not guaranteed the next one even happens. Yeah, that's true. That'll that'll be an interesting development as the season goes on to see how teams played out. Yeah. Uh, what else is there to bring up as far as like highlights of what we just talked about? I mean, I, I think that's, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, there, there's a lot about like how players should be tested and things like that. But I think at this point, most people are pretty familiar with how the COVID nineteen testing goes. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Now, um, speaking of testing, what do you guys think will be the threshold? Like, where's the threshold in the sense of when does baseball shut it down? I don't think it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be one, two, even ten cases. But how many cases do you guys personally think it'll be until baseball is like, you know what, this isn't, you know? I think it'll be until one team has an outbreak. Right, like I, I think if one team it becomes apparent that one team just like can't continue, I think that's when they shut it down. So like, you know, five or more cases in like a short amount of time from one team, that I think that's when I'll start being worried. Okay, yeah. so I mean, if that's the case, then haven't we already had that with the Phillies? We have I mean, the Phillies had what six players or like seven or eight players now in the span of like a week, and then they've had like five or six staff members. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's a little different from now when nobody's in contact from when the season actually starts. But I, I think if if it becomes apparent that one team is going to have trouble fielding a team because of COVID, that, that's when the season gets shut down. Yeah, okay. and I, I think, you, I mean, I know, like, United States is different because we have the most cases out of everyone. But, like, the, the KBO, since they started their season and have, like, done, like, really strict, like, social distancing with their players, they haven't had a single outbreak, like a single player come down with, with uh, you know, COVID. So there's Which definitely... Miraculous. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely a possibility that if, the, if Major League Baseball is really strict and they, you know, they do things like they keep everyone out of the same hotel, they make sure that they're not having contact with the general public. And if everything's kind of like a closed bubble, like it's even how they're doing like uh, soccer or football in the UK, or in, uh, not UK, the EU. Like you'll have like the initial test where everyone's getting tested. You'll have players that are come out and like come positive. And then there'll be social distance. And then as the season progresses and everyone's, you know, maintaining strict social distancing, they're all staying in the same hotel. They're not going out to clubs. They're not going out to diners. Uh, then we'll see it, like, really shut down. Because social distancing does work, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. The players are supposed to be staying at their own homes, right? Obviously, besides when they travel. But they're supposed to be in their own homes, correct? Yeah. I mean, that first player that brings a, an outbreak to his team because he didn't do it, it's going to be a really bad look. I, I think we'll see people shape up, and those cases will become less and less, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of think they were talking about that on uh, the Sports Laws with Roger Lodge on AMA 30. There's a little free promo for him. But um, he was talking about uh, with uh, Billy Mack from the, um, uh, the Lakers, their commentator, um, about how if they believe that like basketball players are actually going to go ahead and stay inside their hotel rooms when they're playing at Disney World. Um, and uh, he was saying, Bill McDonald from the Lakers was saying that he believes that uh, basketball players, though a lot of them like to go out and party, kind of know what's at stake here. And I want to say it's going to be the same thing for just athletes in general. They know what's at stake. It's not just their families. It's their teammates' families. It's their future paychecks. There's a lot of stuff at stake here. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. People have that uh, immortality like bias going on in their own head. So we'll see how strong that plays. That's fair. I mean, I'm sure you can kind of, uh, if we all just really take the time, I'm sure we can probably think about who the problem players would have been. Like, I'm sure Yasiel <laughs> Puig would have been in everyone's list. Yeah, Mike Trout, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, or maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love Mike Trout, and the uh, the time, the five times I've gotten to meet him, he's a nice guy. But uh, I don't think he's got very much going on as far as uh, a life outside of baseball. <laughs> I mean, being a weatherman. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He is uh, into weather. Which he only picked up so he can tell the wind conditions of balls in center field. Is that yeah, true? right. <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> No, I think he's been in a the fact that I even believe that it might be true. <laughs> I mean, the guy's good enough where it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's really it as far as uh, baseball restarting. Nobody has anything else to say about anything else that's going to be going on. Do you guys think 60 games is fair? Yeah, I think we should talk about 60 games. I think we should talk about the Universal DH. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, let's talk about 60 games first, I guess, because, you know, that's kind of the basis on everything. I think 60 games for what we have right now is, I guess, on par of what we should have thought. Um, we should have been in a situation where we should have had more like 100 games. We, I think they just waited too long to negotiate. Uh, negotiations took far too long. But yeah, know, I think 60 games is what it is. Did, did you guys read that 538 article where they did a statistical analysis of like how many games it would take to tell what the odds are for the best team winning a World Series versus uh, 162 games? I, I didn't, but so. I can't imagine it being less than like 110. <laughs> no, so it's actually very similar. So 60 games gives you like just enough games to start seeing like where anything after that, the there's major diminishing returns for seeing the best team that's going to win a World Series. So in a regular 162 games season, there's about a 23% probability that the best team based on record um, – well, they do an ELO ranking, which would be very similar to like a Pythagorean theorem run differential. Oh. And, and uh, for 60 game season, you have about an 18%. So it's not that big of a difference. It's pretty marginal as far yeah, as like. Absolutely. So 60 games is enough to like kind of weed out the, the weak teams versus the best teams. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a Fangraphs article up right now about projected playoff odds and projected standings. And the Dodgers, or I'll talk about the Dodgers, their current playoff person their chances to make the playoffs right now is 73 percent which is down from about 95 percent before all of this so that's a little worrying to me 
the Yankees went down from again about ninety five percent to sixty six percent. Like, it, it, I, there's a lot of room for variance in a sixty game season. And if you think about sixty games, like through sixty games last season, who who looked incredible? Like who who looked like they were going to be MVP candidates? I mean, out, like. The Padres were doing well prior to the All Star break. Yeah, right? the Padres looked great. I remember the Phillies looked like one of the best teams in the league the first sixty games. Of the yeah, season. like yeah, yeah. And, but to be fair, there was a there was a really good article on Reddit just uh, earlier today talking about someone went through Baseball Reference and found the teams are doing well for like the last like fifty seasons or something, and they grabbed all the sixty games like marks. And last year was a pretty much an exception to the rule with like the Nationals being thirty three or twenty seven thirty three, mm-hmm. but like yeah, his. Yeah. Historically, sixty games pretty much matches up with the hundred sixty-two game season, like pretty well. So I mean, you'll have like a, you'll have a few teams that aren't doing that well, but it, it's more of like an outlier, outlier than it is a like a rule. Yeah, I mean, but the one thing also is baseball is such an unpredictable sport where we could very well see one team that nobody thought would get in. They just were hot for. I, know, I guarantee you, there will be one team that nobody, nobody is. That finished under 500 Orioles. last season. This could be the, the Tigers, I'm calling it. It's going to be the Orioles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about the Mariners started that? last season 13-2. and two. Like, a 13-2 oh, yeah. and two start is almost, I wouldn't say it's guaranteed, but that, that is solidly cementing your spot as a playoff contender. I mean, we're going to see yeah. home run leaders at, like, 18. Like That's 18, true, yeah. 18 home yeah. runs yeah. is a 50 home run season. Who's going to win MVP? Like, you, you could have some crazy Dark Horse MVP, Cy Young candidate. Cy Young is going to be based on, what, like, 12 starts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 12, 12 starts, 80 innings, tops. I want to see an incredibly low ERA this year. And I also want to see at least one person flirt with 400. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the most recent, like, I was looking at that. Bellinger hit 376 for 60 games. That was the most recent. Yeah, he was hitting 400 for more than the first month of the season, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading a, an article that uh, there's a very decent chance that through 60 games, Mike Trout could be flirting with a five to 600 OBP. That'd be like very with, <laughs> Well, yeah, because I mean, they were saying like the difference, like in a 60 game season between, um, uh, what was it, uh, between a 500 and a 600 on a base percentage will be like two walks a week. You know what I mean? It's something like yeah. a guy like Mike Trout could very easily. I think it. I think it's gonna be interesting because we're gonna see teams coming out of the gate hot, like with the mentality that every game matters, like playoff mentality. Because yeah, it's definitely gonna be exciting. You know, it I, I, it'll play a very big emphasis on back end bullpen pieces. Like, there's gonna be a lot of high stakes games. Teams are gonna need their best bullpen arms for it, and there'll probably be less of you know resting players. You know, you if. I mean, the Dodgers are kind of accepting that they have such a deep team, but for a lot of teams, like you have yeah. to rely on your star players. Yeah, definitely. Padres got that got a very deep bullpen this year, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah, they should have one of the best bullpens in baseball. We've talked about that, uh, I think, to death on the show. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what the Padres can do bullpen wise. Um, I want to know what the hell the Dodgers going to get out of Mookie Betts because whatever it is was not worth the trade. So if they win the World Series, it's worth the trade. I, I I don't care how short the season is. Yeah, right. Like a season is a season. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of this whole uh, narrative that people are trying to push about, like, oh, whoever wins the World Series or the NBA championship or whatever championship's going to happen in every respective sport 
is going to have an asterisk. When in theory, I think it's going to be even more impressive this year that whatever team came out on top was able to win. Think about all the obstacles. Think about all the players that will probably get COVID-19. Think about everything that's going to happen. I know. And that's going to be, this, I mean, just look at the stats. The youngest teams are could be less susceptible, right? Are you, are yeah, you have, yeah, theory. Are you going to have teams like trading for old blood yeah, types right. because they're less susceptible to coaches? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The I new mean, market um, inefficiency. <laughs> also, by the way, let me just throw in a little disclaimer that when I said players will get COVID-19, that's certainly not a wish. That's just me stating uh, what I feel is inevitable. I mean, I've been saying this is the beginning of the pandemic. I think getting coronavirus as a person will be when and not if, and I'm sure most people will agree with that statement. You know, I, I think there will be a situation where uh, having COVID-19 is very similar to just having the, a common cold where you're like, well, I have COVID. So. Yeah, once we get some treatments for it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it won't be as alarming, I guess, at that time. Once you yeah. know, we understand the, the illness more, we have a vaccination. But, you know. Speaking of pandemics, we got the DH in the NL. Oh, yeah. Oh. It has spread. Yeah, right. It's uh, spread. It's going to start going to uh, to softball soon. Yeah, right. We're, we're no longer going to see the 180 batting average from the ninth spot. Uh, I could yeah, probably right? I could probably spend the entire hour talking about how how I dislike the universal DH. So might want to keep this short and sweet. I don't know. Now yeah. we were talking about a li- this a little bit off air uh, before we hit record, but um, I made the statement that I think last season we saw the last of National League pitchers hitting. You know it, it normally. You know, we might still see it occasionally, but I think the days of seeing a National League hitter hit a, consistently are long gone, and I think we all kind of agreed with that. For better or for worse, it seems like that's going to be the new norm. Yeah, I, I don't think that we're going to see the pitchers hit again after the season. I, I'm inclined to agree for the most part, and I don't know. From my perspective as a fan of a National League team, it does kind of stink. But... I mean, if it's, it's about the players, right? Like, if the players want a universal DH, then I guess that's a, what is best. But I don't know. I I know I've grown up watching National League baseball. It's I think it is a much more fun to watch form of baseball, in my opinion. You um, know, I will say that I love the strategy National League, and I'm sure that's kind of where we all lie. But I will also say that. I do think that this will be something that maybe after about three to four years and once this becomes more and more normal and you guys get the taste out of your mouths, you guys will kind of enjoy having a universal DH. And it'll only help your team score more runs in the long run. And it'll make it a more even playing surface for all pitchers because we all know National League pitchers tend to have better ERAs because of that, you know, facing a pitcher two or three times. There's there's no question that the Dodgers benefit from the DH, maybe more so than like almost any other National League team. But, Probably yes. You guys have a log jam in a lot of positions. Yeah, but I don't know. So 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 much of my interest in baseball comes from the strategy side, and I think a lot of it really is lost when you when you toss in the DH. Yeah. Perhaps. I mean, as a Padres fan, of course, fan, I'm I'm a minority in that opinion. I'm pretty sure. But, yeah. Very vocal minority, to be fair. Yeah, I don't that's, know. That's fine. You're from my that. perspective, 
I think most American League fans like the DH and most National League fans don't. So if, if it were up to me, I'd just keep it the same as it is right now. But I mean, you would probably like the DH a lot more if you had Shohei Otani coming up to hit every, you know, third, three days. I, of the week. I have run enough out of the park baseball simulations as, with Shohei Otani as my starting right fielder, where I would be very inclined to have him play the outfield four days a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I've uh, I've played a couple games of MLB The Show with him in the outfield, even for like an inning or two. But um, yeah, I mean. It'll be interesting. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Universal DH. Um, I think this will benefit a team like the Padres. I think Will Myers will finally have a home. Oh, right. Uh, I, I don't. I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think he'll be the starting DH for the Padres. I mean, I, I think once the injuries start, he, he gets hurt all the time, but he didn't get hurt. Well, you know, actually, how about this? What about putting Myers at first base again, since he was the last first baseman they had that had a positive war season? And putting Eric Hosmer at DH. I, I think it'll be Mejia. It'll, it'll for sure be Mejia because they're going to have Austin Hedges behind the plate. So you got your pitcher in there. And then it'll be, uh, you know, Francisco Mejia, who has like a lot of offensive potential. I mean, probably do the primary DH, if I have to guess. Makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see that. They should have kept Fran Mill, though, if they would have known. Crystal Ball. Yeah, I mean, he has a you know, 300 odd base percentage, so I don't, I don't think he's a championship caliber DH. No, probably not. Um, now, we also talked about the transaction hold being uh, lifted on Friday. Um, also, uh, the trade deadline you said would be August 31st, so I mean, I said off air that that would be the most uh, rental player possible, short-term yeah. rental. Yeah, you get him for like 20 games. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, uh, they, the waiver trade deadline was August 31st up until last year, though. I mean, the yeah, Astros had Justin Verlander for a month. So, yeah, pretty outlandish, but it, it has some has some basis in the past. Yeah, I mean, do, do you guys think that transactions this year are just going to be almost non-existent? I think, no, I think no. I think, I think there will be even more, to be honest. Yeah, because there's so much more variance in such a short amount of time that one player can just get hot and really carry your team. You think so? But I mean, also, wouldn't players lose a lot of value? I mean, let's just say Mookie Betts was still in the Red Sox. Hypothetical world. Don't you think his value would have just? Oh, no, well, I, maybe actually I think... his value might have increased. I yeah. I, I mean, I think I think it's the way teams are going to look at it is. It's going to be so like the ratio of games is pretty similar, right? Because like a third of a season is about fifty games, and that's about what you get after the trade deadline, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Where it's like, yeah, so I mean, you know, it's it, not much different, I guess. If it if it's a, you know twenty three games or whatever it is, then I, I mean, WAR when they value WAR, that's in relationship to a whole season and the amount of value that a player brings. So just because a player is going to have like less value over those twenty games compared to like a regular season. It's still going to be proportional to the 60 game season, which is going to be the ratio standard against 160. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think with how high stakes every single game is going to be, teams are going to be looking for these ways. I think bullpen arms are going to be a pretty high value acquisition. Um, you know, somebody like maybe a, a national team that doesn't have a DH or needs like a bench bat. It, it's going to be the, the 
there's not a lot of in, there's not gonna be a lot of information to go off of, which is gonna make teams less apprehensive to make these trades because they're gonna have to be taking risks. Like I think there's gonna be more transactions, or the purport. I think the deadline might have less transactions, but yeah, I think overall on the whole, especially when you love. combine it with all these free agents that are gonna need to be signed from our from the free agent pool, from that need to fill spots that if, if there are COVID issues. I think there overall there are going to be more transactions this season, and I think the transactions are going to be more important. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I guess I'm I'm alone in thinking that that uh, I think the transaction will be down, but uh, you know maybe I'll be wrong. Hopefully, I will be wrong. Hopefully, the Angels can make some good moves. Um, we should probably go ahead and move on, considering we're an hour in and we still have a couple other things we're going to talk about. Um, anybody have any last minute things to bring up involving? baseball being back and any maybe last minute opinions uh no i think that's i think that's good okay yeah i don't know Ian? if we want to go back to extra innings for one quick second i would honestly prefer just having like ties after the 12th inning than you know prolonging extra innings or adding these convoluted rules but i i'm not vehemently against the the, the runner on second i'm not with you on the ties <laughs> tie, tie, some people say ties are the most un-American result possible which <laughs> I, I, I'm inclined to agree with but under, under the circumstances I don't think I, I would I would rather see norm, 12 innings of normal baseball and then a tie than 9 innings and then some fluke that leads to a win I mean I don't know one of my favorite baseball memories is watching game 3 of the 2018 World Series I'm like, I, I don't think you need to add extra excitement to that you know there's there's always the imminent threat that you're about to win or lose the game yeah, and that, that is just me, though. To be fair, it's not going to be the postseason. That's true, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It might be, though, coming seasons. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was thinking about it, like, because we got a lot into, like, how baseball is going and stuff like that, and we want to do the draft on a future episode. Yeah. Like, how, yeah, how much, I mean, because there's only five rounds, how much should we get into the draft right now without... Stepping on our own feet for a future episode. Yeah, we can just talk about our next episode, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. If anyone uh, here... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> we can just say really quickly so that way we don't get off topic if we liked our draft or not. I think that would be fair. Yeah. Um, I, I, I suppose I'll start. I, I like the Angels uh, draft. I like... Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say who our first round draft pick was. It was Reed Detmers um, out of uh, Louisville. And uh, I, I like that pick. You know, I, I like the the uh, third, fourth, and fifth round picks as well. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that at some other time. How about you guys? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Padres draft. Um, I'll get into it later. I think the Padres arguably had the best draft of the majors this year. Of course, um, that. Yeah, no, it, there's I, there's a lot of walks out there that think think the same thing with the type of players who are able to land in the later draft picks. And then, uh, you know, the first round pick was uh, Robert Hassel III, who uh, arguably is the best hitter in the entire draft, prep or college, arguably. Um, being compared to Christian Yellick, really happy with him. Good. All right. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I never heard of any of the Dodgers draft picks except their first round pick, Bobby Miller. I'm not, I don't hugely follow the college scenes or, like, the high school prospect scenes. But I, I, I like the Bobby Miller pick. I think he profiles similar to Walker Buehler. Um, obviously, Walker Buehler is kind of a ceiling, but I think he profiles similarly. 
Um, and I, I certainly have faith in the Dodgers' draft picks. I mean, the draft picks have been so good recently, especially these late inning for these late first round picks. You know, yeah. as of the last few years, so I have a hundred percent faith in whoever the Dodgers drafted. I mean, lucky for both of your teams, your respective teams. Both of your teams have very good uh, development staffs. The Dodgers just develop rookie of the years like you know, it's it's a new uh, menu item at Taco Bell. Yeah, historically, uh, it's ridiculous. Just when they have like three in a row in the nineties or something. Yeah, it was three in a row in the nineties. Did they have two um, in a row I mean, recently? Seeger and Bellinger recently, yeah. Seeger, Bellinger, Bueller finished third in 2018. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. You guys have a. Oh, I I'm, I'm think I'm wrong, actually. 2016 was. I think 2016 was Corey Seeger's second year, maybe? I, I'm remembering wrong. I, I'm not sure offhand. Because yeah, Corey Seeger had that really short yeah. stint in the majors that he was really good in. I don't remember which season that was specifically, but. A lot of good rookies. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Embarrassment. Yeah, uh, they're really good. I mean, yeah, you can just, you can name a laundry list of players they've had come up recently who have just been very good and very dominant. Um, now let's go ahead and talk about our, our next topic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So the, one of the topics we're going to talk about was, uh, Angel Stadium and what's proposed to happen. Now, I sent an article uh, to you gentlemen. I don't know if you guys got a chance to read it. I know I sent you guys concept art, too. So, Angel Stadium, uh, they've, for those of you who don't know, a couple months ago, Artie Moreno purchased the land for a million dollars worth more than uh, Mike Trout's worth, apparently. I think Mike Trout's contract was like, what, $324 million, and the land around Angel Stadium was $325 million. Yeah, I saw that. But the land doesn't have a 420 on base percentage, so yeah. yeah, that's that's fair, and it's not arguably one of the best players of this generation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so already right about the land. Uh, they still haven't announced what they're going to do with the land. Uh, so the speculation has been both that they're just going to use that money that they're going to acquire from building around the property. Uh, for stadium renovations, and the other part of it has been people saying that they're going to build a brand new stadium. Now, Artie Moreno has now pushed back for two months uh, his decision and his announcement on what they're going to do, but we did get concept art yesterday. Um, I think the concept art of what a remodeled Angel Stadium would look like was quite nice. Um, what the, What's projected to happen is if it, you guys have been to, to uh, Angel Stadium, get like a mental picture uh, in the outfield. There is the hitter's eye, which is a giant patch of artificial turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have the rock pile next to that, which we've talked about on our show before. And then there is another patch of green grass. that has like the frizzy paint bucket or whatever it is. Sherwin Williams or whatever that they like donate to charity. So all that would get blown up and they would turn that whole area into a brand new grand entrance plaza that would have breweries and uh, live music, and that would just be, you know, like the new hub of the stadium and the new hangout spot of the stadium. So there would be no more rock piles. Uh, where my season tickets are in uh, right field, that area would still stick around. Uh, but I think, like, the left field stands and everything would be just shredded. The, um, the concept art shows no more left field scoreboard, uh, which is a little hard to believe considering they just spent – millions of dollars on those <laughs> two new scoreboards so who knows if that's actually going to be the case 
But, uh, yeah, that's what's predicted to happen. They'd also get rid of the helmets up front, and they would completely redevelop the area around. So where the parking lot is right now, that would turn into two new hotels. I think it said about 6,000 new uh, condos and apartments. Uh, tons of new, I think it's over like a million square feet of office space. Uh, about 500 acres of city parks. And that city park would be uh, land for future development. So the Angels have an area to put a brand new stadium. If they decide to open up a new stadium in like 10 or 15 years, they can just build where that uh, grass is going to be now. Those parks are going to be. And also today, the Anaheim Ducks announced what they're going to do to redevelop their parking lot, which they just purchased from the city. They're going to get a new concert venue uh, for the city of Anaheim. They're going to get parks and recreations. They're going to get also, I think, a hotel. And they're going to find a way to link up the properties together. And everything's going to be connected to the train station uh, in the middle of both ballparks. So that's what's projected to happen. Um, I am very torn on what I want to happen as a hardcore Angels fan. Um, I love the Big A. I have so many good memories there. Um I would probably be devastated the day they decided to tear down the stadium. But the other part of me would be excited to see what the Angels' new modern stadium could look like. My godfather thinks that Artie Moreno would not go cheap on the stadium and that the Angels would develop something amazing. I don't know what you guys think, but he's not exactly a man who's afraid to spend money. Unless it's on his own, please. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I saw the concept art that you shared. I thought it looked great. I'm always a fan of a new stadium. Just like, I mean, unless it's like the Texas stadium, it looks like a grill. Dude, I don't understand. Like, (laughs) how come both of their ballparks are so boring? I mean, Glow Life Park was so boring, and their new one, which is what, Glow Life Field, I think, is just as boring, if not more boring. There's like nothing to look at. There's nothing unique. It's like, where's the upgrade? Yeah, I can't think of any distinguishing features offhand. Nope. That's kind of like the most Texas thing you could do. They 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 yell the loudest that they're like the most interesting, but it's a pretty boring state. I've been there, I've been there many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, every stadium I can think of at least something iconic. I mean, you know, Pickle Park, the Western Metal Building, Dodger Stadium. You know, the uh, the uh, unique shape of the scoreboards. Uh, you know, the the architecture around the building. Some uh, there's a I'm pretty sure there's a Japanese Tranquility Garden. Somewhere in like center field parking lot, so yeah. you know there's a bunch of. There, I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't? No. I don't know if it's still there, but is it new? Did they put it in the last few years? Uh, yeah, I think it's been there. Uh, somebody in their front office was uh, uh, was of Asian descent, and uh, he decided to build like a garden out there just because of you know somewhere where he can have some quiet time and some peace. Yeah, I mean there you can. Find it on Google if you, if you look it up. I don't know if it's still there, but it was there as of you know a couple years ago. That's cool. That's really cool. Maybe yeah, Texas yeah. has got the the Hank Hill grilled out, so that's good. They have a uh, what's his name, uh, Big Pete or whatever. Uh, what's his <laughs> name? Uh, Big Tex. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so Big really, Tex really, out front. Really awesome guys who really do things big in Texas. Yeah right. Hey, we're the Down and Away podcast. We're we're the Southwest. We're not the we're not Texas. <laughs> yeah, we, don't do, we don't do that here. That's fair What's game. It? They're fair game. They can say that <laughs> down and in the down and low podcast. Yeah, the Panhandle podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But uh, yeah, Ian, uh, do you have any opinion on uh, you know that whole situation with the Angels potentially? I mean, I I definitely like the concept of the Santos. I mean, it looks nice and modern. Uh, I don't. Angel Stadium is one of the oldest ballparks in the league, and I don't think yeah, necessarily yeah. that it shows its age, but I don't think more, you know, furnishings, especially like the, the city park here, idea. I think one of the most iconic images I have of Angel Stadium is just driving past it on the highway and just, like, the giant parking lot. It's probably not a good image to have. <laughs> so I definitely like the other thing about adding some green space, adding some, you know, more, more city areas around yeah, I mean, they want it to be, the way they describe it, they want it to be a Wrigley Field situation or a Petco Park situation where they want that whole area to be redeveloped. And all I know is if the Angels and the Ducks do go through with both of these plans, that whole portion of Anaheim is going to be completely transformed. Um, that area is called the Platinum Triangle, and it's been like developed and trying to get nicer since 2004, and it's starting to look nice now. So I can only imagine what it's going to look like if all this goes through. I mean, it will be probably downtown Anaheim now, you know, at least mm-hmm. in that time that it's built. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it'll definitely be the new entertainment hub. Um, and I think it's going to create about $7 billion worth of revenue for the city is what it said, according to reports. Yeah, so that'd be, that'd I mean, nice. it would be a Disney caliber, you know, profit for the, for the city, which yeah. I'm sure the city would be glad to have somebody else here to control things besides Disney, who just kind of obviously bullies the city around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm holding out for the redevelopment. And I figured like, even if they do the new stadium, it'll still be like a massive redevelopment project. Yeah. I'm sure either way, the redevelopment around the stadium is going to happen. I mean, Artie Moreno would just buy a parking lot for no reason. He might. And make sure it's not a Frank McCourt situation where, Somebody else owns the parking lot and gets all the revenue from it. and can set their own prices. That is, oh my, yeah. I tell you firsthand, that is not the way you want to go. No. Spend 60 yeah. bucks to park. <laughs> hey, it's yeah, only man. 40 if you have a Lexus, though. <laughs> or is it Mercedes? There, there, there's a high-end car brand that gives you $20 off parking at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, stay tuned. I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about this as news continues to come out. But that was just something that's been all literally I have not been able to not see it on my Facebook. Um, it just all the Angels Facebook groups I'm on. So many mixed opinions, kind of like mine. Everyone's like, oh, let the stadium stay. Oh, no, don't do that. Things like that. So I'm torn just like everyone else is at the moment. I love the big A, but, you know, it, it's definitely time to at least develop the stadium around it. I hope they keep yeah. the waterfall. I like the rocks. I mean, they're not—they're not projected to with this development project, but you know. Where are they going to keep their city equipment? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. The California Spectacular is where they keep their equipment. Probably the tunnels. Yeah. They have like, the left field tunnel for the bullpen and the right field tunnel. Just gonna stick it in Mike Trout's locker. That's fine. They can do that. <laughs> His locker is going to be like the half of the stadium now because of the uh, because of COVID. So. Yeah, he's like, I can't find my glove somewhere in the... Uh... <laughs> it's too big. <laughs> um, all right, and I think uh, one of the last orders of business we had to cover was that we were going to go ahead and talk about the fact that um, Albert Pujols uh, decided to uh, generously pay the staff of the... of the, I almost called them the Anaheim Angels, what they should be, but uh, the staff of the Angels in the Dominican Republic um, I had a, a Facebook friend of mine like make some kind of comment of like, oh, well, how many players or staff do they really have down there anyway? 
Um, regardless of it's one or if it's a hundred, that's not the point. The point is that a player like Albert Poole should have to pay people salaries that he's not in charge of paying. So I think people should be more appreciative and not treat it as a joke because to be honest, I don't think it's fair for these players to have to do that. Does Albert Poole have a lot of money? Absolutely. But that's not his job. His job isn't to pay what the owner should be paying. Artem Moreno has enough money to give to the Trump, uh, to, uh, to Donald Trump, which I've covered in the past. He has the right to do that. But he shouldn't have the right to do that when he has uh, staff members who are having to get money and help from the government to be able to pay their bills. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty part of the course with that field, you know, not paying your employees. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, I definitely appreciate the gesture from Albert Pujols, but it, I think it is definitely a symptom of a larger problem, which is that MLB owners care much more about the bottom line than they do about all the employees they have under their umbrella. Which yeah. is embarrassing. Yeah. What's the I, total? I don't think the act of them caring about the bottom line more than their individual employees is embarrassing, but it's how blatant they are about it is embarrassing, in my opinion. Well, they should at least well, put on a facade. Let me rephrase that. that. Let me rephrase what I said. I, what's embarrassing is, you know, how everything unfolded, especially with these recent negotiations between the Players Association and the owners. <laughs> the fact that it took so incredibly long. I mean, even to the point where Rob Manfred was like, all right, I'm, dire, I'm tired of this. This is what we're doing. You know, I mean, that's what I think was the embarrassing part of it. I mean, how much baseball did we lose out on that we yeah. could have had already? And yeah. the worst part was that it wasn't even over, like, a safety concern. It was over money. That's what they were fighting over. They haven't been fighting over safety. When in reality, that's probably the most important thing. Yeah, not, you know, not... these players, at the end of the day, have to go home to their families and not get them sick. Not a good look overall, all around. Absolutely not. No, I mean, it, every other major sport was able to get it figured out pretty quick. So how come baseball wasn't? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's like a whole other episode worth of stock. <laughs> all I know is that hopefully two years from now, we're doing this podcast. And hopefully we still have uh, a lot of listeners. And uh, I know when that time comes, it's not gonna. it's not going to be fun when the collective bargaining agreement ends. No. Yeah, I don't under 60 cool. games. I'm taking the under. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 20. The over, I think the over-under is one game. Yeah. Right. Uh, will there be a single game? No, Rob Manfred killed everybody. <laughs> yeah, he's like, call me, a mad boy. call me a bad baby one more time. <laughs> yeah. What, you call me Fernando Mendez? He's going to show up to my house. <laughs> he's going to poop in my angel's head. Yeah, that would be a man baby move. Yeah, that was the most PG thing I could think of. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was like, oh, he he poop in my angel's hat. <laughs> yeah, you went for full DreamWorks on that one. I have a Dodgers hat. Can't you poop in that? <laughs> that you'll be outvoted on that one, two to three. Ian. Yeah. I have an I have a Dodgers hat. They gave it to me when I went to an Angels Dodgers game at Dodger Stadium. They were giving out Dodgers hats that day, so I was like, "Hey, I mean, why not?" Yeah, the, free. the free Dodgers hats are definitely at the bottom of the barrel in terms of hat quality. I have a couple of them, I think. <laughs> uh, free stadium hats for most teams are pretty bottom of the barrel. I, I, I have a. Uh... Hey, those Padre Beach hats are amazing. 
I have a. Uh, wasn't fair, there one fair. team that gave out free hats and then had to recall them because there were like bugs in them or something? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the Padres. That was it. the Beach hats. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you just brought that up. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, no, the Angels give out pretty good quality shirt, uh, shirts and hats. Um, God, when I finally get to meet you guys, it's so weird to say that. Like, um, there's um there's a line from the Muppets. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys ever liked the Muppets as a kid, but uh, there's a, a movie uh, Muppets in Space where Gonzo looks up to like the sky because he hasn't ever met his family or seen where he's from, and he says uh, there's a particular line where he says uh, there's not a word yet for old friends who have just met, and it's funny because like that's exactly what I think of with like you guys. I'm like oh we've never met but yeah we all get along really well. So yeah. we've been talking weekly for like seven months now. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I've never, I, I mean, and it wasn't for social media, I wouldn't even know what you guys look like. That's true. But, um, yeah, as I was saying, I mean, uh, there's a, uh, a shirt they gave out last year that literally has Shohei Otani's face all over the shirt. Oh, that's, that's quality right there. Yeah. That's cool. That's quality. Dude, you can't buy it. That's what they give out for free. Yeah, right. It's literally hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of Shohei Otani faces. It is pretty it's, cool. That is something that I, I would I would enjoy seeing. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I have it. I have the shirt. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send a picture of it. I'll, I'll send it to you guys uh, right yeah. now, actually. Yeah, sorry, listeners. <laughs> this is audio only. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. This is only for the cool kids. Uh, send an application if you want to join the team. <laughs> yeah. Complain to us on the YouTube channel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I think we flirted with that idea before. There, I, yeah. I sent it to you guys. I think, um, we, all right. I think we should live stream the podcast on Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so we can live see that nobody's listening. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we, we got, just two, we to got two people here. Hi, mom. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, that's pretty awesome shirt. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool shirt. I like it. So, do we have any closing thoughts for this week? Uh, we will do a future episode here, probably very soon, probably the next show where we dive deeper into the draft. But uh, any other closing thoughts, boys? No, yeah, just uh, Google Shane, uh, the, I mean the, the Otani shirt, and yeah. so you can see what we're all looking at. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I've only ever worn it like twice. I mean, people are like, like my girlfriend just kind of assumes I'm going to be embarrassed to wear it in public, and I'm like, oh uh, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm I mean, imagine sweaty. somebody that's never watched a baseball game just saying, "Why, why do you have an Asian man all over your shirt many times?" Like, no, my girlfriend is my my girlfriend's kind of forced to like baseball because of me. <laughs> like, I don't force her to like watch games like on TV and stuff. But you know, <laughs> because I have you know season tickets, maybe at least I did. Past tense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sad face, sad emoji. Yeah, you can't um, hold that over our heads anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I. You know, I, I, she she kind of comes to quite a few games, so she obviously knows what's going on. She loves Shohei Otani just as much as I do. I mean, we all love Shohei Otani. Our our kiddo has a Shohei Otani T-shirt, so you know. Yeah, I like him too. He's a, I do. Yeah, right. I mean, I think uh, something tells me that in the next five years, you know, how everyone just kind of unanimously thinks that Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Something tells me in about five years, Shohei Otani is going to be that guy. Just because he can pitch and hit, and he does them both at such a high level. So if he can, can stay consistent on that and not get injured, um, as he already has, I think uh, we'll be having you know that discussion. Yeah, can uh, you keep, can you I, imagine. No. Yeah, go ahead. 
I was going to say in five years when the DH is in both leagues and the only pitcher that's hitting is Otani, or Shohei Otani in his own games. <laughs> yeah, right. I, my my kid's going to be like, why is there a pitcher hitting? Like, oh, <laughs> well, back in my day, son. Uh, yeah. The National League hitters used to hit home runs. Uh, and he's going to be like, wow, they're probably so bad. Let me tell you about Madison Bumgarner and his 220 batting average. Yeah, Babe Ruth. Zach Greinke. Yeah, right. Greinke yeah, is a good hitter. Bartolo Colon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it's a sore memory for <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Uh, anybody who's still listening to the show, thank you guys very much for putting up with our nonsense. This is probably our longest, I don't know, is it our longest episode? An hour and I don't think minutes? so. I don't think so. I think no, probably two hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Just wait till we talk about uh, the nachos at uh, any of these stadiums. We'll be talking for about four hours. Right, yeah. Or the trough, the Dodger Stadium. When we do the whole, <laughs> when we fully cover the outfield pavilion at Dodger Stadium, that's gonna be like a part, a three-part episode. Yeah, we'll have to do that on on YouTube so we can have like the schematics and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should do fun stuff like that at some point. Maybe like during like off season, we should totally just do some really weird things like comparing the bathrooms at the stadium yeah, just something that people think would be hilarious you yeah just I mean? like where else have, are you gonna get that have little graphics of people be like this is the optimum placement of guys <laughs> on the troughs <laughs> this is how you can most optimally stack 10 people in one trough <laughs> <laughs> this is how you can properly social distance while you yeah, exactly. yes and on beer night this is the most optimal <laughs> <laughs> yeah right all right, guys. Thank you guys once again for listening, putting up with our nonsense. If uh, you guys want us to do any of that fun stuff that we just mentioned, go ahead and send us an email. Uh, Fernando at PotterAdmissionPodcast.com. Those emails still haven't been changed. Andrew, get on it. <laughs> yeah, it's time to do the down away. <laughs> yeah, but uh, thank you guys for listening. Have a great night, everybody. Stay safe. Keep doing that social distancing. And this is Fernando signing out. Bye, guys. I have a good one, everybody. Ugh.